0: in partnership with rfn studios this is the vineyard christian fellowship of yakimo Christian Fellowship of Yakima. This is Dusty. I'm one of the pastors here. I'd like to welcome you to Sunday. We're continuing our series, our response as followers of Jesus to times of trouble. Uh, I have to admit that for me personally, teaching topics is probably not my favorite thing. I like to, um, you know, take a passage of scripture, like, and teach chapter after chapter, like, uh, prior to all of this happening, we were teaching through the Gospel of John and going chapter by chapter, verse by verse, teaching through the Gospel of John. And I have to say, at least for me, um, between the videotaping and audiotaping and um, uh, teaching on a topic, um, I apologize if I'm not as comfortable as I might be on a Sunday morning. And those of you who know me, who have uh, seen me teach on a Sunday morning, I move around like a ping pong ball. And I like to walk and kind of get energy out as I I teach. Um, And so sitting stationary um, is also a bit of a challenge. Um, However, um, you know, I have to say that uh, God has been teaching me um, through this process. And He's been kind of showing me. Things about myself and kind of things about him and who he is and who I am in relation to him um, that's been very valuable to me. And so my hope is that you as well in this time, that God's showing you some things, that he's exposing some things about who you are and revealing to you who he is. And um that there are things that we can take away from this current experience that we're in um that will last the rest of our lives in a positive way. In a positive way. So how do we respond? Love this quote by Thomas Merton. True happiness is not found in any other reward than being united with God. If I seek some other reward besides God Himself, I may get my reward. But I'll not be happy. It is is such a profound reality for us to grasp and for us to get a hold of. We search for happiness in so many things. You know we look for happiness in economics. If I have enough money or if I have a nice car or my house is awesome or you know uh, for me it's like the flashiest nicest new gadget. You know I'm a tech person and I kind of like my gadgets. My wife teases me about that. Um, But we will never find happiness in those things. Our only true happiness will be found in God. So can we take this moment that we're in, can we take this time that we're in where maybe you have a little more space in your life, maybe you have a little more time in your life to really dig into God and who God is and digging into the depths and the width of who God is. You know, in the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan in the last battle, he puts the children on his back. And they ask him, Aslan, where are we going? And he says, we're going higher up and deeper in into the kingdom of God. Higher up and deeper in. So in this time, can we go higher up and deeper in with Christ? You know, many of us, we place our trust in organizations or people only to be let down. A lot of us are kind of feeling that right now with our government's response to our current crisis, whether it be state or national. Uh, you know, I'd suggest that we're placing our hope in the wrong places. Sometimes, though, you know, it's it's hard to even trust in God when we're struggling, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one who could raise my hand and say, hey, you know, sometimes God, I just don't get you. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't, I don't get what you're up to. You confuse me. Um, and a lot of times, we look to people, uh, you know, pastors, uh, political figures, some of us even entertainers and musicians, like to kind of give us comfort or give us hope. And the reality is our only true hope lies in Jesus Christ. Our only true hope lies in God. I love this quote by John Wimberg He said, instead of looking for the great man of God, I'd rather look to the great God of man. That's such such a great quote you know I you know I will fail you others will fail you God never fails God is a safe harbor for our hope and for our trust have you ever felt like God let you down or you just can't understand what he's up to sometimes extreme disappointment can make us really bitter and to be honest kind of reluctant to ever hope for anything again Proverbs thirteen twelve says this, that when we hope for something that doesn't come through, our hearts become sick. Have you ever felt that? Like you just, you're hoping so badly for something. And I remember, you know, sometimes you're, it's like a kid on Christmas, right? It's like, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope I get the thing that I really wanted, you know, a new iPhone or a new Xbox or, you know, whatever it is that you happen to be into. And you're just hoping, you know, as a kid for that. And then it doesn't happen. And there's like this, oh, man, I I really hoped that that would happen. Have you ever felt that way with God? Like, God, I really, really hoped for this. I really thought that this thing was going to happen, and then it doesn't. Or you put your hope in a person, where we just talked about it's not really a safe place for your hope. We put our hope in a person, and they let us down. And then disappointment happens. Let's put our hope in God so our hearts don't become sick. God never fails. And he's good. Jesus' followers, they knew this feeling. (laughs) They thought he was going to come save them. And he did, but not in the way that they thought. They thought he was going to come bring political change and overthrow the Roman government and establish a new kingdom of Israel. And there would be, you know, he would be king. And, you know, then they watched him die. And their hearts were overwhelmed with the grief of that. After his death, they were walking on the road to Emmaus, discussing their hopelessness, talking about it, and then Jesus approached them. Let's read that in Luke 24, 13 through 35. It says this Later that Sunday, two of Jesus' disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about 17 miles. They were in the midst of a discussion about all of the events of the last days. When Jesus walked up and accompanied them on their journey, they were unaware that it was Jesus walking alongside them, for God prevented them from recognizing him. Jesus said to them, you seem to be in deep discussion about something. What are you talking about? So sad and gloomy. They stopped and the one named Cleophas answered, haven't you heard? Are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened over the last few days? Jesus asked, what things? The things about Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they replied. He was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were powerful and he had great favor with God and the people. But three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had him crucified. We all hoped he was the one who would redeem and rescue Israel. Early this morning, some of the women informed us that something amazing happened, that they said they went to the tomb and they found it empty. They claimed two angels appeared and told them that Jesus is now alive. Some of us went to see for ourselves and found the tomb exactly as the women said, but no one has seen him. Jesus said to them, why are you so thick headed? Why do you find it so hard to believe every word the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary for Christ, the Messiah, to experience all these sufferings and then afterward enter into his glory? Then he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself throughout the scripture. He started from the beginning and explained the writings of Moses and all the prophets, showing how they wrote of him and revealed the truth about himself. As they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead, telling them he was going to a distant place. They urged him to remain there and pleaded, stay with us. It will be dark soon. So Jesus went with them into the village. Joining them at the table for supper, he took bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. All at once their eyes were opened and they realized it was Jesus. Then suddenly in a flash, Jesus vanished from before their eyes. Stunned, they looked at each other and said, why didn't we recognize it was him? Didn't our hearts burn with the flames of holy passion while we walked beside him? He unveiled for us such profound revelation from the scriptures. Then they left at once and hurried back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples. When they found the 11 and the other disciples all together, they overheard them saying, it's really true the Lord has risen from the dead. He even appeared to Peter. Then the two disciples told the others what had happened to them on the road to Emmaus, and how Jesus had unveiled himself as he broke bread with them. What a cool story. You know, so many times we're walking with Jesus. We eat with Jesus, and we don't recognize who he is we don't actually see jesus in our midst so many times god is working in our midst and we don't see him we don't recognize him even when he's revealing profound deep things to us sometimes we don't recognize jesus let's not miss jesus in this moment let's not miss jesus in this time let's look for god can you imagine just how badly jesus longed to reveal himself And to restore their hope, he knew they were despondent. He's God. He knew they were hurting. Can you imagine, he loved these guys. He spent years with them every day, walking with them and teaching them. Of course he wanted to give them hope. And although he wanted the men to know they could place their trust in him, Jesus waited to reveal his identity until he urged them to stay with him longer. He he wanted them to ask for him that he wanted them to desire his presence. Do you desire God's presence? Do you want more of Jesus? When you do, he'll reveal himself to you in a deeper way than you ever experienced before. But you have to want him. You have to desire him. You have to seek after him. It can be difficult, though, sometimes, right, to move towards God when it looks like he hasn't come through for us yet, while we're waiting on God to work for us he may be waiting for us to ask for him. If we're willing to urge Jesus to stay and to keep working in our lives, like the disciples finally did as they were on the road, he'll reveal that he's worthy of our hope. We're all hoping for something, right? I bet you have areas of your life that you're in right now where you're asking God to move. Maybe it's for more patience. Patience. Maybe it's for endurance to get through this time that we're in. Maybe it's for God to change someone who you care about's heart and mind, that they're struggling. I want you to think back to a time where you felt abandoned by God. But later, later you realized that he had been working all along. I want to tell you a story about when Cormac was in the process of being born. Uh, my wife and I we went up to the hospital and um, we've been trying to have this baby for a while (laughs) And she was done Uh, and we went to the hospital once and they held us for a while and they checked her out and she wasn't she wasn't ready to have the baby so you know it was a time when the Lord of the Rings was in the theaters and so we decided well you know, since we're not staying at the hospital, why don't we go see Lord of the Rings? <laughs> because what else are a couple of geeks going to go do? Uh, and so we went and we saw the movie The Lord of the Rings. And that was what Cormac must have been waiting for, is to experience in utero the epic that is The Lord of the Rings in the movie theater. Because um, soon after that, we ended up going back to the hospital a couple of days later. And Kirstie felt like she was ready Um and so we got in the hospital and we were there for some days they were giving her um, pitocin i remember and nothing was really moving naturally and i you know we were there for some days and she was super uncomfortable and you know we were looking to like this whole beautiful birthing experience and everything happened naturally and, and i remember sitting there praying to god i'm like god why you know what's what's the deal why can't this happen why Why aren't you moving? Why aren't you doing anything? And I prayed and prayed and prayed for Cormac to just, you know, be born naturally and for everything to go well and, you know, for it to be this beautiful experience. And I was, I remember crying out to God. I'm like, God, why, why can't he just be born? Why can't he, you know, Christy, you know, she was waiting to dilate and it wasn't happening. And they were giving her all this medication that's supposed to make that happen. And it's still not happening. And so I'm God, like, I'm like, God, what else, you know, where are you? What, what else can we do? And God knew what was going on with baby Cormac. God knew uh, what was happening in Christie's uterus, and he knew things that we we didn't know, and at the time the doctors didn't know. So he ended up having these heart fluctuations, and so they took uh, Christie in for a cesarean, and I went in with her. Um, and so they began the procedure and so I was sitting there at her head while they were working on the other end and, um, I remember watching them, um, open up, uh, Christy's tummy and starting to pull Cormac out and, um, he was gray and he wasn't crying. Um, and, uh. I remember the doctor um, grabbing his umbilical cord and it was like, I I grew up country and I worked with a lot of animals. My grandparents had a farm and we, we used to practice roping on fence posts and stuff like that. I remember the doctor grabbing his umbilical cord and literally like doing this with it, unwrapping it, his Cormac had twisted around so much in Christie's tummy that uh, his umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck like three or four times. And it cut off his airway, and he was gray, and he wasn't crying. And uh, I wasn't sure if we had lost, how uh, we had lost him at that point? I just didn't know. Um, uh, and so they they laid him on Christy for a moment, and then uh, they took me and they took Cormac down to the NICU and um, spent the next few hours trying to get oxygen in him. Uh, Now, you know, the story has a happy ending for him. He recovered, and he got air, and he started to turn pink. as oxygen started to infuse his blood, and, you know, he's a healthy, smart, strong boy today. But if if God had given me exactly what I was asking for, that he would be born naturally, um, his throat would have been crushed. In that process. Because that umbilical cord was around his neck so many times. And I probably would have lost my son. And I love my son. Beyond words that I have to express I love my son. And um, if God had given me exactly what I was asking for, I probably wouldn't have my son today. So God... Even though he may not answer us exactly the way we're asking him to, we have to have our trust in him. We have to believe that he knows what's going on. We have to trust that he is good and that he cares for us. And not always give us what we're asking for. Because sometimes what we're asking for isn't what we really need. That was how it was for us. So going back to this, what did you learn during that season? I learned... From my experience, that you don't, (laughs) to quote the Rolling Stones, you don't always get what you want, but you get what you need sometimes. (laughs) And that was how it was for us. So how did that experience that you went through, that I went through, change my relationship with the Lord? We should come out of those things changed. We should come out of those things with some new knowledge of who we are and who God is. We should come out of this experience that we're in right now, changed and better did you trust god more afterwards i know i did after my experience i believe i will after this experience as well that i'll trust god more we have to hold on to the reality that god's good and that he desires the best for us so what is he showing us this life is but a pale shadow of the life that's to come so let's live for eternity not just for today Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. I love this quote by Dallas Willard. The gospel is less about how you get into the kingdom of heaven after you die, and more about how to live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. Live for the kingdom of heaven now. It's not as our old pastor Wayne Purdom used to say, just getting a barcode in your butt and getting scanned into heaven. This life is not about that. Let's find the kingdom of heaven now. Let's bring to bear God's kingdom on the world. Only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus is the answer to our circumstances. Only Jesus is the one who can change God bless all of you. Take care, and we'll see you next week.